Good day, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of Cliff Notes of the Global Manufacturing Picture. I'm Cliff Waldman. I'm the host of this show, one of many on Manufacturing Talk Radio. And this week, I'm excited to say welcome to the new format, the new home for Cliff Notes. Cliff Notes is going video. After four years of doing podcasting, which I enjoyed very much, I am looking forward to this expanded format. A video presence for Cliff Notes will allow us to do some interesting things with guests. We've had some wonderful guests. We will have them and others on again, but with the video format, I can do panels. We can show you pictures. And when need be, we can show you graphs. So this is gonna be a learning experience, both for you and for me. And I'm excited to have the anchor chair at the first episode, the first video episode of Cliff Notes of the Global Manufacturing Picture. How to start? Well, I wanted to do this as a solo episode just to introduce my audience to our new format. And I thought at this critical, this volatile, this somewhat frightening point in global economic history, in global history, generally speaking, I thought a little discussion of the future of manufacturing would be in order. And that's what I'm gonna do for the next few minutes. And then we'll look forward to some great episodes in our new home ahead. The future of manufacturing has certainly been discussed and will certainly be discussed in the future. But I find that many future of manufacturing discussions centered around technology. And that's understandable. Technology is moving at a rapid clip. We have artificial intelligence. We have 3D printing. We have increasingly sophisticated robotics, something which I'm going to be studying extensively uh, in the coming months and years. But technology, while critical, is not the only aspect of the future of manufacturing, which I think you should be aware of. And in fact, technology is only part of one point. Really, the issue with technology, as I'll tell you, as I'll mention in a few minutes, is its contribution to productivity, which has been a troubled story since the financial crisis of 2008 to 2010. But at this difficult, critical juncture in the world, as we come out of a once a century pandemic, and as we are now fighting a global economic upheaval caused by a, a pernicious inflation through much of the world, I'm gonna start by suggesting to you that so at least the near-term future of manufacturing is very tied to the near-term and intermediate-term future of the world. The question is, are, are we headed for a global recession? Financial markets would seem to indicate that this is the possibility. Will we get past this difficult period of inflation in the United States and in many ways worse in other industrialized countries? That's a question for the stability and the future of manufacturing. Beyond these things, we have to think about geopolitical upheavals because geopolitics affects 
not only the relationship between nations diplomatically, but it also affects the economic relationship between nations at a period of time when um, global integration, global economic integration has become all the more compl complex and all the more tight. So we start with, even in the Western world, we are having a battle of currencies. The dollar is reached by many measures of 20 or high. That is pummeling the currencies of our major trading partners who are in effect importing our inflation. But because when we have a high dollar, it costs more in non-dollar currencies to buy our goods. So that, that adds to their difficulties with inflation at a time when it's exactly not what we need. So we're bumping heads in the financial markets. That's one kind of geopolitics. But also we have three terrible hotspots in the world that can be summarized as Russia, China, and Iran. The disastrous war in Ukraine is creating more uncertainties every day. Very fortunately, the brave Ukrainians are winning for now. But the question is we have a failed and dangerous dictator in Moscow, and we don't know what he's gonna do, and that the dangers are there. In China, social upheaval, political upheaval, and economic slowing, very, uh, what I've argued, and I did argue in my most recent episode, is very permanent slowing of the economy is causing that country to look externally particularly to the difficult issue of Taiwan for their governments, their power stability. Will there be a confrontation with Taiwan? And third, we are not sure what is happening with Iran. We've had our peoples in Iran before, we've had threats from Iran before, but in the context of the current world, we don't know what, what's gonna happen uh, there. Russia, China and Iran. Yes, certainly affecting the safety of our world, the relationship among nations, but also having big impacts on the future of manufacturing because in a world when we are trying to unwind multiple supply systems, uh, I've argued that supply chain is too simple a word, supply system snarls, the question is, are these difficulties, these geopolitical difficulties, these big geopolitical fights with these big nations and dangerous nations, are they gonna inhibit the ability of supply chains to get back to something that approaches normal? That is a big question for the future of manufacturing. So for right now, the future of manufacturing is very tied to the future of the world. Let's go beyond that. I'm gonna cover a few points here and then give you some summary arguments beyond the future of the world. Labor force, much talked about, the manufacturing labor force. For the two de nearly two decades that I have been talking to manufacturing executives, I think the skills deficit and the whole set of issues around the labor force comes up in the conversation more than any other thing that I talk to them about. We'll look into this for a second. 
Then we're going to look into the issue of entrepreneurship. I've never, I've said this in prior presentations and in a speech I made on Capitol Hill. I don't understand why entrepreneurship isn't discussed more in the manufacturing sector. Then we'll get to that exciting area of technology, but I want to put it in a slightly, in a slightly different perspective than it's usually done in future of manufacturing discussions. We'll talk policy. Policy has been a big issue for manufacturing, both here and abroad, in the United States and abroad. And then we'll offer some uh, summary comments. Start with the labor force. And with the labor force, I want to start with demographics because demographics are going to affect the pure headcount in the labor force, the number of available workers, because we are in a world of slowing labor force growth, except in a few spots. With the notable exception of most of Africa and India, most of the world is seeing a decline in fertility and therefore birth rates and an aging of the population, all of which means that labor force growth is slowing. So the pure headcount in most of those areas, in, in most of the world, again, except for Africa and India, is just going to be, um, is gonna be smaller. There are simply going to be fewer people. And I think, by the way, that that's one thing that has motivated our, our fascinating and very rapid advance with manufacturing technologies. There's simply gonna be less people uh, to work in manufacturing companies. Then, then let's get to other issues, even within the constraint of a smaller labor force, educational deficits. Now, the, the, this has come up recently in the context of the damage that the pandemic did, but it's been talked about before, and it's been talked about around the world. Do we have the science, technology, skills in the labor force and the potential manufacturing labor force that we need to be competitive in the United States in advanced and increasingly advanced manufacturing complex supply system world? That's a question. Also, the cultural issue continues to buy. I think this is getting to be a somewhat better story. For many years, we talked about whether or not young people are going to choose manufacturing as a career. Many want to go. Many of the brightest want to go into medicine, into law, um, to Wall Street. Um, but manufacturing was not often thought of as being a, um, a career with advancement and possibilities. Um, that, that's changing a little bit. That may, from what I can see and from what I hear, that may be an, actual, an actually positive part uh, of the story. But we have can, but overall, smaller numbers of people, educational deficits, um, make the labor force situation a challenge. And it makes me wonder whether or not manufacturing companies are going to open up entire, at least the larger ones, are going to open up entire departments to train people. I think it's a big burden to put on already an already burdened C-suite in, in the manufacturing world but I think they're going to have to increasingly do it. And in the post-pandemic world, where labor shortages are abound throughout the economy for various reasons, are, is labor gonna become more expensive in manufacturing? Let's look at the price of it. Uh, it's becoming more expensive throughout the economy in all sectors of the economy. No reason to believe 
that won't happen in the manufacturing sector. So for labor force, many challenges. Entrepreneurship, and I've said this in a speech I gave a number of years ago on Capitol Hill, I don't understand with all the concerns about the future of manufacturing, will it survive? Will it thrive? We don't talk about entrepreneurship in manufacturing. Now, it, this too may turn into a better story than, than we thought. After the 90s, entrepreneurship, generally speaking, throughout the US economy fell off terribly. It turned around a little bit lately, but not much. But now, it, particularly in the wake of the pandemic, we are seeing more entrepreneurship. And it seems to me that we ought to take advantage of what has been a positive post-pandemic trend to try to motivate entrepreneurship and manufacturing. We need it. That's where jobs may come from. That's where you know better supply chains may come from. That's where new technologies may be deployed in interesting ways that we're not thinking about uh, right now. What is the future of people starting manufacturing concerns? Now, from a policy perspective, it's probably the most difficult um, area of entrepreneurship to service because they need, um, you know, they need special materials. They need all kinds of things. And what they also need is, is something that I've written about, continue to write and speak about is clusters. They need to be very often small manufacturers will start their companies in the context of being a part of a supply chain. They'll have a better chance of doing that if we form competitive manufacturing clusters in different parts uh, of the US. I'll have more to say about this later, but certainly entrepreneurship as it would be for any sector is certainly a key issue for the future of manufacturing. Let's jump from there to technology. And we know the story, You're much written about wonderful technologies, 3D printing, can, it seems like 3D printing and robots can do anything uh, right now. Artificial intelligence is becoming an interesting part of manufacturing. But it's important to realize that what's important in the technology story of manufacturing is whether or not these technologies help productivity, man, labor productivity and manufacturing. Because as in, is the case with the broad economy, the future of labor productivity is the future of, of growth in manufacturing. I've often said probably too many times that it's the most important equation in macroeconomics. The sustainable growth, in this case of manufacturing, is equal to the growth of labor productivity and the growth of labor hours. The growth of labor hours is going to be constrained by difficult demographic forces, particularly in most of the world. So we need productivity to do better than it has. It's been a weak and troublesome story, frankly, since the end of the financial crisis in roughly 2010. So yes, I'm excited by those technologies, but I don't think those technologies by themselves are going to juice productivity. We have to use them as part of, in effect, a team with a skilled labor force, with a labor force that's ready to use them properly. And we need to do that in the environment of the public sector making investment in innovation and working with us on not only unraveling some of the current supply chain problems, but creating new supply systems, new clusters. You put all those together with these very um, excellent technologies, these very promising new technologies, 
then you'll have the real technology story where technology becomes part of a mix that uses productivity, but it's productivity that's at the bottom of, of this point, not so much the technologies themselves. Let's talk about policy. This has been an interesting time for policy in manufacturing. We don't usually think of the United States as having an industrial policy. It's not something we, it, it, in our policy culture, something we've liked, but that's changed somewhat with the CHIPS Act. And the question is, are we gonna see more countries around the world having invest public investments in their manufacturing sector and are we going to keep up with them? Policy is going to, I think going forward from here, policy is going to matter more to the future of manufacturing, long-term future of manufacturing um, than it has before. So the future of the world, labor force, technology, policy, all of these things combined are going to matter greatly to the long-term future of manufacturing. The, the, out, the economic outlook and the manufacturing outlook in a world of pernicious inflation, of rapidly rising interest rates, of currency um, wars that are difficult and, and suggest instabilities. I, I want, you know, I want to hold my breath for an excellent future, although ma although manufacturing so far has held up, I think like the rest of, has held up pretty well, has held up remarkably well. I, I think the near-term future is going to be one of weakness at best and perhaps something worse. But I think if we get the right policies, if we think about technology the right way, if we make the efforts with our labor force, if we realize that demographics are going to constrain the growth of the labor force in most parts of the world, then I think we can work with the challenges of the world to have a very positive, very productive, very rich future for US manufacturing. I'm excited to do my first video presentation. I hope you liked it. We will be expand using the video format for great discussions, maybe panel discussions with our guests, for pictures, for graphs when needed. I'm looking forward to seeing you the next time and you will see me. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.